You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Happy. To, oh, what is it? What's today? Happy Wednesday. Whatever Wednesday it is. Whatever Wednesday it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Wednesday for us, but that doesn't matter. It's all a secret. Um, so hi, Jackie. Hi, Katie Van Horn. Welcome to the Inclusive AF Podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here every time when we record. <laughs> um, so Jackie, we're going to get into it today. And we're going to talk about some stuff that um, we'll just let folks know ahead of time. They're uh, kind of a trigger warning that we are going to talk about some um, tough topics today. We're going to talk about safety, safety at work, safety for women, safety for anyone who's non-binary or non-gender conforming. We're going to talk about um, rape culture and some other tough topics. So um, just want to call that out before we jump into the topic, because um, there might be some folks who maybe want to avoid this um, episode, but we do encourage you to listen if you are comfortable. And anything else we should say? No, I think that's a great intro. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So um, I think you and I both, uh, just before we press, press record, we were talking a little bit about the woman in the UK who was walking home from a night out and was taken off of the street, was kidnapped and was murdered. And um, <clears throat> there's been quite an outpouring in the UK because of the fact that um, all women kind of get this. And I think even globally, all of us can remember a time when you were walking to your car or you were leaving something late at night, leaving work late at night or whatever it might be. And you had that, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck, you know, all of those like not great feelings that we've all gone through and lived through. Um, and so I want to start off with that topic and, you know, for the, the people that have, that don't understand this and, you know, I'll say men, but I think there are just certain folks that maybe don't, don't know what this experience is for women. And so, well, I wanted to say, this is part of the workshop that I do. It's called check your privilege. Um, and part of what we do is I ask all the women in the room, it's holiday time, it's 8.30 at night, and you go to your car, what do you do? And always people will say, I make sure I have my keys in my hand, I make sure that I park under a light, I make sure that I have the alarm button ready on my key fob, all of these things. And I say, men, what do you do? And they always, always say, I just go to the car. Yeah, totally and don't, like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. They don't even, like, there's a process. And, and we use that to just explain some of the male privilege in, in, in dealing with that. And it's un, it's unfortunate because it speaks to not only the, the world is different when you see it through a different lens, it also just goes to show you that we have to educate our men better and, and treatment and, and what women are going through. Um, but I think that this particular case is terrifying mm -hmm. when the people that you count on to protect you are the, your abuser or violator or kidnapper or murderer. Yep. And so, uh, you know, just to fill folks in, um, someone has been arrested in this case and it is actually a police officer. He was not on duty. Um, but I think, you know, this is one of those times that it, you're exactly right that, you know, for for anyone, you know, it's that, you know, when something bad happens, your first instinct is to call the police. And so, you know, it is that if, if they're not there to protect you, who is? Um, and I say, hey, I, I should actually change that statement. My first thought is to call the police, maybe for Mine other folks. Not. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to say maybe for other folks. I call not. my daddy. First. <laughs> it's true. That's a good point. I actually just call one of my brothers. Right. But yes. Same concept. <laughs> but you, you should know. I say you should, but you would know more than anybody. There's no such thing as an off duty cop. It's right. just Saturday. Right. Just like we can't be racist on the weekend and say, well, I'm only a diversity person from eight to five, Monday 
through Friday. Like that is already, you know, obviously a misuse of power, even, even mm -hmm. worse. Correct. Agreed. And, and yes, I think saying off duty, I just, I wanted to clarify that because I think there is this, I, I'm just thinking from like my own perspective, if I'm walking home at night at midnight and I see an officer in a patrol car or in uniform, whatever, there's a very um, specific thought I, like, oh, I'm safe. Everything's fine. This person is here to protect and serve. But, right. you know, if the person is in just plain clothes, then that maybe is different. But agreed, like, yes, it should be, you're safe. And I think we've seen such um, misuses of power um, that it is unfortunate. And, and I will also caveat this by saying, you and I both know really good people that are in law enforcement. And okay. so I think that, you know, and that's not the topic we're digging into. We really want to focus on safety. Um, so I, I wanted to also think about this in terms, you know, I love the story you just told about your training class, because I think that's something that folks don't realize. And hopefully all of the men in our lives are listening to this. Um, Cause I think there is a feeling of how do I stay safe? And what are those precautions you have to take as a woman? Um, you know, I think I, I have a lot of very good friends who are single who own dogs. And that's one of the ways that they, cause they'll be alerted, um, you know, or they have dogs that would protect if needed. Um, what are some of the other ways, like from what you've experienced, other ways that women have, like you gave some good examples there. What other ways do we have to protect ourselves just being out and about in the world? Well, some of it is just making sure, like if you're going out to dinner by yourself, that you're sitting in the middle of the room, to make sure that you've been seen um, a lot of times it's sending your location. I send my location a lot. Um, I send my Uber location. I recommend everybody use that, especially on on business trips when you've been traveling and you're like, OK, I'm, now I'm leaving the airport. Now I'm at this place just because what's even more frightening is in a situation like that where people might not know where you are, the last place that you were mm -hmm. um, and on it's a it's a catch 22 with technology because people are like i don't want them to know where i am until i need them to know where i am mm -hmm. um and but those are are some safety measures that are there um but it's it's sad i i will tell you one thing that i found really interesting so me and my son um tj are in an organization called the young men's service league and the Young Men's Service League, women, um, it's for moms and their sons. Um, and we, so there's leadership and training classes for the moms and leadership and training classes for the sons. And we went to the abuse family abuse center and we did that. We studied domestic violence. They've studied the problem with like porn addiction. I'm, and, <laughs> sweet little baby TJ's eyes are like this, you know, they're just <laughs> huge saucers, but we have to communicate. One of the things that we have to do, all of us is communicate with young men um, or men, especially that they recognize that this is uh, something that occurs um, so that, it, that we don't perpetuate what I, I call this like rape culture of, of taking from people it, from that, a position of power. I, I just feel like because that that's one way. Sometimes it's physical, but then sometimes I think it can be mental power shift of uh, taking advantage of women. And so there's things that we have to do to protect ourselves physically, but there is probably even on a more regular basis, on an everyday kind of basis of protecting ourselves mentally as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am. Um... I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you of what happened to me on a trip to Amsterdam. Um, so I, I, you know, travel quite a bit for work and for the, the businesses that I support, not recently, of course, but um, I was on a trip and we were in Amsterdam and I was there with a, a peer, another female, and we went out to dinner after our work day and then went back to the hotel. And when I got to my door at the hotel, I realized my key card wasn't working. So I went back downstairs and had them fix it. Okay, great. So I got back onto the elevator. And when I get, got onto the elevator, a family came in and then another guy came in and he like stood behind me. 
And, and I didn't really think twice about it. Like, okay. what? And I didn't like look at him because it was one of those, like, he's just another person on the elevator. I got off on my floor and the way that this hotel is situated, it's like long hallway, long hallway, long, like to get to your room was like four different hallways to get there. And this guy was behind me the whole way following, following, following. And I, and it got to the point where I was like, okay, this is weird. And, and in my mind, I thought I didn't get a picture. I didn't see his face. And I was like, you know, pro- freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. And so I go to my door, use the key card. And as I'm closing the door behind me, he is going next door. And I realize his room is right next door. And I hear him say, right at my doorstep. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious. Okay. And I'm of course like freaking out, freaking out. And of course this is late at night in Amsterdam. So my safety net of who I would call all of them are asleep or it's sorry, it's early morning for them early, early morning. So I was like, okay, what do I do? And I'm like, okay, am I overreacting? Am I being a goofball? Like maybe I'm just, it's not a big deal, whatever. I'm just going to go to sleep. So as I'm, you know, preparing for bed, washing my face, getting dressed, getting in my pajamas, the phone rings on my, in my room and I pick up, no one says anything. So I hang up, phone rings again. Hi, um, I'm next door. What is your name? And I said, that's none of your business. And I hung up the phone. But again, I'm thinking I'm in a hotel. And so this guy can actually call down to the desk and ask, and who knows what they might say or not say. So I call down. So I mind you, I'm texting with my sisters at this point. Like you guys got to wake up texting with the woman who's in another room. Like, what do I do? And all of them are like, call the front desk and have them move you immediately. And I'm like, okay, my overreacting. And again, there's, I'm doubting myself going, I'm overreacting. I'm overreacting. And so I call the front desk and they send up two people. And one of them is a man who's security clearly. And the woman who's like the night manager, whatever she was, Hey, what's going on? You know, blah, blah. blah. And, um, the woman is like, do you want to go ahead and get your stuff packed up? We'll take you to another room. Not a big deal. I'm like, yes, that'd be great. So I'm packing up my stuff and, um, we get out the door and he must have heard when the door closed behind me, he must not have heard them talking, but heard the door close behind me. So he pops his head out and then realizes I'm not alone. And so I'm in front kind of walking away. The security guard is in front of me and the woman is behind me. So the woman and security guard go back to his door because he closed real quick. They knock on the door. Um, Hey, did you call her room? No, no. What are you talking about? I didn't do that. And they were asking him different questions. And then the, the security guard said, just so you know, we have cameras all over this hotel. So we will be watching when you leave tomorrow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I, on one hand, I was like, okay, that's creepy. So, yeah. So they took me to another, took me to another room. Great. Everything's fine. But then for the rest of the trip, I was like on edge and like waiting for, you know, to turn around, you know, turn a corner and run into someone. And again, I still don't know what he looks like. So it was also that he could have been sitting right beside me and I wouldn't have known. Um, so it just was like a creepy situation. Um, and then that was really like the first, I mean, I've traveled all over the place, you know, right. everywhere. Yes. That was the first time that I truly was like, I don't feel safe, but I also think there's the, I don't know about you, but I'm a travel and pack person. Yes. Like if I'm traveling by myself, I don't go anywhere at night unless it's like, right. you know, right across the street. It's not something that I go out and try to seek yeah. out adventures at night because it's no. just not a good idea. No. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what the nightlife is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not for me. Half the time it's because I'm exhausted and on, you know, seven different time zones. But have you had anything like that happen when you've been traveling? Yes. Tell me. So... I was, it wasn't, it was in our country um, at a conference and I had, and people were going to, we were all just, you know, we're out front, sitting out front, like in the lobby bar. And I was going upstairs to my room and there was a bunch of us in the elevator, like not a big deal, got off on my floor. Um, 
and this person got off with me kind of similar to what we were talking about like was like following me mm -hmm. so then i was like oh i forgot something and i just got back on the elevator and went downstairs and then i was just like shaking because right. that creeped me out and um, you don't know like it could have been a harmless situation right could have but it was i mean like it's one of those things like this is not not today satan this no. is just not going down and i i feel like those things are put in place like i hate it i mean like when it's one thing to be like when you own a pit bull and someone crosses the street but if you think you're going to get eaten by a, a pit bull cross the street like mm -hmm. you're not doing anybody any favors like oh i'm overreacting i don't want to hurt his feelings screw all that screw all that change yes. your room cross the street yes you know grab your purse because i feel like it's your you know it's your subconscious that is trying to keep you safe mm -hmm. in those situations and when you're by yourself you are really all you have the jim stroud podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. So there's a podcast that I listen to, my, which is awesome. If you're not listening to it and you like any type of murder type stories go listen but what's it called um my favorite murder oh yes you've told me about that before yes and one of their kind of sayings for women and i'm going to say this and it's the first cuss word i'll be saying on the <laughs> podcast are you ready yes it's fuck politeness simply you know it, it is not it, it's exactly what you're saying like i don't care if i hurt someone's feelings i don't care if it's about my safety or my feeling like i'm not safe then I need That's to make right. the right decision for me. Um, and this is not a, oh, hey, start, you know, believing in stereotypes and doing weird stuff because you're, you've been ingrained with weird things that aren't true. But it is about you. If you are walking down a, a hallway in a hotel and there's a man behind you and you don't want to go to your, it's kind of like if someone's following you in a car, you don't drive to your house, you drive to a police station. That's you know right. what I mean? Like it's the same, con or in my mind it is. Um, it is. But on Oprah, they had a thing that like I learned this and I probably would I don't know that this I was probably in the fifth grade or something. Mm -hmm. But they had a woman on the show and she talked about how she was going to her apartment and a man was behind her and said he needed to be let in and she let him in and then he followed her to her door and he said he needed to do something, whatever, like she enabled her own like rape is what mm -hmm. what she felt like in her own head she, of course she didn't have any responsibility for that right but but she does think she could have she was more worried about hurting his feelings than mm -hmm. getting in her house right and and i think you know we can you know go into the patriarchy and all of the reasons why we have been ingrained as women to believe that Oh, we have to be nice. We have to, we can't be a jerk to someone that's not nice. And we have to be polite. And if they need to, maybe they really do need to come into my apartment to make a phone call, whatever we are going to come up with in our head. No, absolutely not. Keep yourself safe, period. If it feels weird, don't do it. But you know, I think black, black people do that too, all the time. Like, oh, we'll just like giggle at the racist joke or not say anything about being the only one or being tokenized because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or you don't want to lose your jobs. And it's horrible. And I granted, it took me until I was later in my career to start speaking up about anything like that. But, you know, it, it's just interesting it, hindsight when you look back at the uh at the your career i'm sure i at least i've had some of those instances where i'm like wow how am i even alive right now but then you also have the did that really happen mm -hmm. to me and what was that you know so i'll let you in on a little secret tell me and um our friends who i know i i trust implicitly so all of you that are listening tell. yeah don't tell anyone so, so back in the day i used to um work for miller light i was a miller girl back in the day 
And so I would work my corporate job and at night um, allow people to like, I would handing out beers in different situations where we mm -hmm. were hired to go do different situations. And there were times when, you know, it's like, it was totally different than working in cash applications, <laughs> like the job that we were doing. <laughs> um, and I remember what was interesting is that I had always worked for women. And then there was this one man that came into the office and he, and he asked me if I was a stripper, like I had just done a Miller job and I came back and then he asked me if I was a stripper. And I thought in my head when I was younger, maybe it was because I worked last night. Like I did some like stupid show or whatever last night, or I worked at some bar as a bartender and I'm being over friendly and it tormented me for months going, you know, I was talking to my therapist who was trying to convince me that it, that had nothing to do with me, but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. And for years, and then, it, and then all of a sudden, and I still couldn't think of somebody being of authority. He was always nice and polite and friendly and, and wrote my reviews and signed my check would be inappropriate and then it took like then flash forward 20 years and you're i'm like that mother effer mm -hmm. and to your right? point it, it was in your head for how long right it's still in your head yes and i still if i, I if i could remember what he looks like because now i'm like old and tired but his words are still in my head right well, that's I, you know, one of the stories, and and this did not impact me because I was I did work there for a few months, but I wasn't there quite often. But two of my sisters worked at a pizza place um, back in high school, and so you know my youngest sister was 16, 17 at the time. Older sister was you know 17, 18, maybe 19 at the time, and the manager or owner of this uh, place would ask them what color their underwear was every day and you think about that like a you're gross but also you're a pedophile these are little girls no right. matter what they look like no matter you know oh you know how mature they seem <laughs> they are not of age and that is disgusting and you are gross and you should go away now sir that is a big problem. If you've looked at McDonald's, they have a lot of lawsuits because of that, the sexual harassment um, that they have because they don't have a set up full plan. And there are several women in a class action lawsuit because of being sexually harassed at work. And they didn't have any recourse. If they said something and complained about it, they were getting fired, especially if it wasn't owned by corporate and they had no plan. And I think it's important I mean, it's important that that you muster up everything within your body to get out of that situation. It is terrifying and scary, but you have to, when you have that feeling, you're not wrong. And mm -hmm. so many people will doubt. It's like you're gaslighting yourself of saying that something didn't happen. And it makes sense that people do that to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. You're trying to protect yourself, but protect yourself and in, in your new job, like just take that with you. Right. right? Well, and I think that's, I, I'm glad you just said that. Cause I think it's never about the sex. It's about the power. Absolutely. And I think that's the piece that so many women who are put into these positions, it is, how can I have power over her? How can I, you know, make her feel smaller? And I'm, I'm using her and I'm using female pronouns, but I think it happens to non-binary people. I think it happens to, you know, trans people all the time because again, it's a power thing and it's the, the fear of, I'm not gonna be able to find another job. There isn't another job that I'm qualified for or that's hiring right now or whatever it might be. And that is what the abuser knows and, and stokes fear into the person. And so, yeah, there's that gaslighting part as well. That is a, and I mean, I think we talk about this from a relationship standpoint too. You're never going to find another job like that. You're never going to be enough. You're dumb, you're whatever, whatever, and making them feel so small that they feel like this is the only option. This is the only thing I, 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 I it's, I have to take it, 
because the fact that um, there is nothing else, no one else will hire me. I'm not good enough for anything else. And I think we've seen this as well in some of the undocumented workers that have also been abused. Oh. And it's because they don't have another option. They don't have, um, they can't get another job somewhere else, you know, by walking down the street because they don't have their papers, those types of things. And um, it just is so disturbing on every level. Um, and I think we need to figure out how to help women with the safety piece, but also how do we break down these freaking systems where people are in power that should not be in power because they're yes not good people. I'm, I want to share something um, and I'll put the link in it for the folks at home. Let me make sure I can pull it up. Um, there's something that is used in um, domestic violence and it is called the power and control wheel. And so if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen and I'm sorry, I, I, every time I share my screen, who knows what pops up? See, how did that pop up? I don't know. Here it is. So this is the, the, the power and control wheel and it, it has physical and sexual violence on the outside, but you can really put this and have emotional threats and abuse. And, and these are the things that they are saying that leads to the types of abuse. So using intimidation, using emotional abuse, using isolation, minimizing, denying, and blaming, using children, using male privilege, using economic abuse, and using coercion and threats. And I think all of this goes into what we're seeing to under, un, in underrepresented people that feel threatened, like they have to stay in a job situation, but we also see it to, to it, with women as well for, to protect their safety. And it's just one of those things that it's important that everybody have access and start looking at this. And so that you make sure that you are, are seeing things for what it is. Um, again, you're just like we talk about bias. Part of what we talk about is your body and your brain uses what's familiar to try to make sense of whatever is going on. And mm -hmm. it will do that to yourself. You will try to make sense of an uncomfortable situation. And so if you're listening and you're not sure if you were in a situation that is potentially unsafe, it's probably a good idea to just look at some of these things to see if any of this was happening. Like, was the person trying to make you afraid by looks or, or putting you down? Um, were they minimizing the things that you were saying? And if you recognize it in any of these places, make sure take care of yourself, make sure it's aware and look for a safer situation um, if these things are going on. So I'll definitely um, put put the the link on our um on the show notes that's what it is the show notes <laughs> um but i saw this and i also saw this um that was using for underrepresented people as well where they took mm -hmm. out the violence but showing those types of things and i just thought i would share because i think it's really important because especially um and we talked about this too when you're younger in your career you're not really sure at first if this is what grown up adult corporate people do, or is mm -hmm. this wrong? Right. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think we saw it this week. So I don't know. Did you hear all about the Sharon Osborne, uh, Cheryl Underwood exchange about Piers Morgan? No. Okay. So, uh, but I hate Piers Morgan. Well, for the who record. doesn't? I, well, oh, okay. the person who doesn't His is mom. Sharon Osborne. <laughs> she no. doesn't. She does I'm not lovely. hate him. And why that's the problem is because she started defending him on The View. And basically, Cheryl Underwood had to um, be extremely diplomatic in saying to her, I don't, you know, you are my friend. I don't consider you a racist. And I'm not calling you a racist. I'm trying to understand why you are defending him. And Sharon Osborne freaked out. And and what you're seeing now on Twitter is every black woman saying Cheryl Underwood is all of us having okay. to bite our tongue 
be very measured in our speaking because had she reacted to Sharon Osborne the way that most folks would have in that situation, then she would have been the angry black woman. And right. she would have been the person that would have been the issue, not Sharon Osborne for saying, screaming at her, educate me, educate me, educate me. Stop it. I will not. You need to go watch it. I, I'm going to punch her in the face. Well, I'm surprised that Cheryl did not. <laughs> Actually, I, I probably will not ever get a chance. To yeah. I, and, and here's the thing. I think it's a. But wait, back up. Okay. Sorry. So, <laughs> so she's defending and Cheryl Enderwood is going, yeah, no. And she said, educate me to her. So, okay. So the deal is Sharon Osborne tweeted after, um, so I don't know if you know, but Pierce Morgan walked off the set the other day yes, because people were questioning him about his <laughs> yeah. racism towards Meghan Markle. Right. And, oh, and he, he got his feelings hurt. Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. indeed. And so Sharon Osborne tweeted something about, you know, I, you know, Pierce is a great guy and I defend him or whatever. I, I don't even know what the tweet said, but it was basically like in support of him mm -hmm. and, you know, he's a good guy. And so the question was, tell me why you think that, tell me why you believe that. And, um, and she got fired up and said, I've never heard him say anything racist. I've never heard him say anything inappropriate. Educate me on what he said that's racist. And Cheryl Underwood had to say whether it was actually racist or not, he has said things that are, you know, he hasn't actually said, you know, you can't, it's not a one point in time racism. He said something racist. It's over time, the gaslighting, the undertone yes. of the comments, yes. all of these things. Like he hasn't said, you know, hey, I'm going to carry, you know, put on my white robes and go burn a cross in Meghan Markle's yard. But he has said some very problematic things. And the response from Sharon Osborne was screaming at Cheryl Underwood to say, educate me, educate me on why you think this I, you know i don't know maybe i just don't know go watch it but okay. um it, it is one of those now she's of course you know backtracking and saying i was blindsided it's cbs's fault Stop blah, blah 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 and it's like well no you're no, you're babe. defending someone who is doing bad things and people are asking you please help me understand well can we talk about something really quick because last <laughs> okay so last week, this past week, there was a sportscaster who was hot mic'd, meaning his microphone mm -hmm. was on, mm -hmm. and it was at a basketball game. And there was a team, um, and they were all kneeling during the national anthem. And he said, effing N-word about them hot mic he said it twice and then in a press release he said he blamed it on his diabetes which and which i was like stop it and in it he said i've never considered myself a racist and i just was cracking up but i knew it wasn't appropriate to respond that's so funny because i knew like i was trying to say more you would have to know why i would think that was so much funny but i was like that's just so dumb like I don't consider myself overweight either, but the BMI <laughs> says the facts are the facts. Okay. There's a toll chart. I think when you say F and N words, like it's on the list. You don't get to say, I'm not a racist. I just use that language. Like you can't, like you can't reconcile both of those things. And so it's always the person is it's never the receiver it's always the perpetrator of these things saying that they didn't do that right like I, I think about when my kids were little and they would smack each other and say I didn't hit you that hard well you don't get to decide that the receiver who's in pain gets to decide that and you don't get to decide those types of things of whether something was problematic and offensive if the person who's in the underrepresented group says that you're best off listening to try to understand where that person is coming from in every situation because especially if you're in the majority group so that means if you're cisgender talking to someone who's non-binary or in the you know lgbtq world that says that they're feeling offensive you have to listen because 
whoever is in that majority group needs to listen, pay attention and take those things in. It is part of the education process. You'll feel better. It's a cleansing, painful conversation. You'll probably have a cleansing cry of understanding. But I hate it. I, I, I just can't. I'm never not triggered when people say things like, oh, well, I didn't mean it like that or they took it wrong. The gaslighting of that, I get completely triggered. Well, yeah, you should. Like I mean, for someone to say, I mean, I said the N word, but I, I didn't mean I've it. I never like, considered you... myself a racist. I don't, that, what does that even mean? Well, and it's also the, I've never considered myself a racist, but I'm saying racist things. And clearly <laughs> I was, as the sayer of these bad words, that was watching someone kneel during the national anthem. Clearly I had some issue with that. that and, something. and it wasn't about them being lovely people. He you didn't had say an issue. those effing bakers. Like this right. wasn't some rare form of right. diabetes those, medicine. Taken. Right. Or even if it was those effing players, that's Correct. a different connotation. He, that, you, completely. that was a word that you had to select. You and chose. Never, you would never I, you know, like I never say that word. I, I would never say that word. And no. granted, sometimes when I'm listening to my, some music, sometimes I, I say it, but I am saying I would never have a conversation with somebody and say, you, whatever, and then say, be like, oops, my bad. Like well, I, I have to be thoughtful of language. And I don't understand why it's so hard to just not if a word is or something is going to hurt somebody and you know it could hurt anybody why would you say it ever like you have to get in the, this past week i told everybody with emojis they are inclusive emojis please refrain from using exclusive emojis it's a free country you can use whatever you want i'm just saying there are please try to use inclusive emojis whenever possible mm -hmm. if there's a if there's a question use a cat or a smiley face, like, mm -hmm. because it drives people crazy. It's enough to divide people. And then people mm -hmm. are like, are like, oh, well, you know, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. And who's yellow skin tone anyway, not from my organization, but in talking to people about it later. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if it's gonna hurt somebody, if somebody feels excluded, like that's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. Like you, there's better choices. Amen. So just make them. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transform, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. I do, I do want to say a positive thing, though. Speaking of emojis, um, Slack. I don't know if you heard, but Slack just recently started grouping. So, like, if you comment yes. on something and someone gives a thumbs up, they tell you how many thumbs up you got, and then also the skin tone. And like, it's, it is that, um, it is much more inclusive in that manner. Um, okay. Back to the safety. Sorry. Went off on a tangent. No, I, no, I think, but here's the thing. Like, I think we, we were talking about like the Cheryl Underwood piece is a safety at work piece. The gentleman saying something completely inappropriate, hot mic or not at work. That's right. And, and it's also like, it's That's ironic true. that you're saying, hey, those people kneeling during the national anthem are this and that. And that has been the argument is they're at work. And so they shouldn't be doing this. But that's right. You're at work too, sir. So maybe you shouldn't be a racist at work. At work. How about that? Even as though an you idea? never you consider you, I should send them a letter in response to his press release. <laughs> I do. I, I do consider, consider you a racist. racist. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> You want to rewrite to clear, that? <laughs> I'll give you 24 hours. Go ahead, rewrite that. <laughs> to be clear. Jackie said, I'm a racist. <laughs> to be clear, we all think you're a racist. All of the us. End. Except for your mama. Um, and even your mama probably thinks you're a racist now. She first jerseys. Um, okay. 
So we we touched and you you made comment about rape culture. And and I think this is the last topic in, you know, in this episode that we should just touch on. Um and I think there's just there's there are so many layers to this and so many pieces to this. And one of the things, you know, we have talked about is kind of that cycle of socialization and how we have been socialized. Yes. And you know, I think the 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 most recent um, I don't even know if you could call this like rape culture. I think there's like this recent um, uproar about um, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion with the WAP yes. song. And, and as, every time that someone brings it up is like, that's so inappropriate. All I do is think back to, and I think you and I grew up with some of the same <laughs> music, listening to the same music. You think about NWA. Yeah. You think about and and actually we can go, we don't even have to stay with rap. We could go in any direction and how women are sexualized. Think about yes. all those big hair bands that had women, you know, Tawny Katane. Oh, putting themselves pouring pour some sugar on me. Laying on a car with, you know, yeah. a skimpy outfit and cherry and, pie. And, thank you. That's another good one. Jesus. Sorry, take the wheel. Jesus, Jesus, the wheel. Was, Jesus was not in any of these videos, Jackie, to be clear, not appropriate. Sorry. Um, but like you think about how women have been sexualized in music in music videos and continue to be. And everyone is so, you know, hey, that's so inappropriate that they had this song. And I'm like, I don't understand how that's inappropriate. And yet all of these other videos, it's been like, well, yeah, that's not great, but oh, well, you know, too, too bad. Sorry. That's well, just I'll tell you, that's why, um, if you've never heard, some of you, um, are younger than Katie and I, and that's okay. <laughs> we welcome, <laughs> we're inclusive AF. We're inclusive. We're not feeling old at all. No. Um, I didn't take a Geritol or anything today. So, <laughs> There and they only know Queen Latifah as an actress, but Queen Latifah oh. used to be a rapper. That's why I said that. Some people are like, "What?" It's kind of like Queen LL. Latifah. LL Cool J also used to that, be a rapper. LL Cool J used to be a rapper. Too. Ice T from Law and Order rapper. SVU, rapper. <laughs> so that's just a little history lesson so thrown in to this episode for all of you young babies out there yeah. that we love so much. Sorry. And so, and so. <laughs> Um, when her, she has a song called UNITY that came out during that same time frame. And since you already cussed, then I can cuss too, since you already cussed. And mm -hmm. she opens that song and she says, who you calling a bitch? And I just, it's just like mic drop from there because all of the rap songs referred to women as bitches and hoes at that time frame. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay. And it's a great song anyway, where um, about unity. And the thing now is that part, this is why diversity and inclusion is important. And this is what people don't get. We always talk about the reason that so many people talk about the financial benefit and the retention is because that's the only language that we know how to speak to cis white males that are already in the CEO position at the Fortune 500 companies, whatever. It's the only way. But let me tell you a little secret. Part of this rape culture that has projected onto the Me Too movement is because of these complaints and gaslighting and people making it okay because the ultimate decision maker is that same cis white male that is saying, oh, that's not what they meant or it's just this and it's just that. And if we had more diverse people in areas of power, this wouldn't happen as much. I mean, we have to be bold and courageous and we have to, all of us that are, are listening and all of us that believe that we need to be inclusive and that rape culture doesn't exist, but we're, we, it is time for our reckoning. It is time now to continue to, to put those things forward. And the reason that I, that rape culture plays into this is because there's so many things that make it seem like this is okay. Like taking is part of just part of it. Like you have to understand, and it is completely inappropriate, completely inappropriate in any form, in any way. And so 
it's just important that we like what happened last week um it was somebody in uh it was, i forget i'm not gonna i'm gonna have to look it up but there was somebody that was in congress saying something else about about women oh it was it was that that we can't do we shouldn't do the um the covid relief fund because then what it will encourage then women will have to go back to work if women go back to work then they can't take care of their families um that was what their reasoning was and i was like fourteen hundred dollars oh, is gonna do it yeah that's right i put it on my twitter and it said um happy international women's day question mark <laughs> um because it was like on the same day and i was right. so confused right. that this still exists and it's that transference of power again the rape is not about the sex it's about that transference of power in different ways and so um i think you can i think a lot of these people can rape people mentally and physically as we're going through this process of trying to take your power away um right and, and so. i think when i think about rape culture it isn't even it isn't necessarily a physical That's right. act of violence. It is the continual misogynistic comments like you just mentioned. It's the continual um, just stupidity from people around, you know, I, and we can go to women's rights and, you know, rights for their body. And and it. I think the the piece that always gets to me is really the idea of, sorry, <laughs> I'll act like a cat, but yeah, right, yeah. Okay. All right, Olive, that's enough of that. Um, sorry, <laughs> Olive's joining us. Um, I love, lost what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, about that. I just think it's it's part of that same culture. And I know it'll, I know it'll come back. I mean, part of the reason that it's important to talk about rape culture right now is because it came up this past week with Pepe Le Pew being canceled. And people like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? And I, I was like, wait, so like, y'all didn't see that? Like, people aren't seeing that Pepe Le Pew <laughs> was trying to force a cat, like mm -hmm. Olive. Yeah, thanks, well, Olive, for Olive. the same time. Yeah, was trying was trying to force himself on, on her. Other <laughs> and okay. it's like I know it's a cartoon. I know it's a sky. Right. I. Really, really. I apologize. I feel fully very excited to be here. Just really happy. I'm sorry. For those um, of you who are only uh, listening and not watching, Olive has just uh, shown her privates to Jackie, and I'm sorry for that. It's not appropriate, and I apologize. Um, I feel so violated. I, don't I do know too. What she's I didn't. To so okay. So I didn't know the Pepe Le Pew thing, but like, well, no doubt, like for reals. But I also, uh, we need to do an episode on cancel culture because I am. Because what's that gonna do? What is that gonna do? What's that gonna do? What's I, it gonna do? Okay, let's close this one out, my friends. Back it up. Rape culture, not okay. We need to break it down and we need like and again it's the awareness and so many times when we're having these conversations it is just a hey go read that book go look at that show go listen to that song whatever it might be and just listen to the words or hear what they're saying you know i mean like mad men is another great example of like that's right what in the world like this is not okay and yes you'd be like oh well that was in the 50s huh it's still happening today every day at work for folks and, and for women don't you don't have to put up with it and if you see no. something say something exactly and i also would say like for women of color like can i just apologize on behalf of my entire female population of white women that are so unsupportive in so many ways and we need to do better yes but um, i'm not accepting your apology today okay and and you don't have to that's conversation well that's that's it, it, thank you for saying that because that's part of it too is that this whole like i'm so sorry well again just do better stop that's it that's right stop it do better and stop it that is all all right lesson <laughs> the lesson the lesson of the, the day <laughs> you have a lesson go first kate T. um i am gonna say mine is speak up even if it's scary, 
find the ally, find the person in the room that can help you. Um, and I know sometimes that person doesn't exist, but if the hair on the back of your neck is, you know, rising up, there's a reason for it. If the comment that is being said makes you feel some kind of way, say something. And, you know, maybe it's not in the moment, but also if you are the person that is overhearing that, if you are the person that is witnessing it, even if it's not aimed at you, stop it and shut it down. Cause I think that's how we fix this. Cause I don't need to put the onus on the person that's in that underrepresented group, that person that's in that marginalized group every time yep. we all need to do better and we all need to help each other out in this work. So shut it down, Bobby Brown. I like it. And for me, I would say to people listening that you, like you are worth it. You are worth more. Congratulations on making it this far in life. You have lived through every bad situation you've been in. You will rise up. So take some of the, I will say, take some of the time to take care of yourself. If you are in a situation that you feel like you are not being treated properly and there are any repercussions that people aren't focusing repercussions and you're con constantly being led down um, a form of abuse, get out. Don't stay and you don't have to stay. You don't have to try to fight it. You could just look for other opportunities and don't be so afraid um, that you won't find another job that it freezes you into taking harassment or abuse in your current job. I promise you'll find another job. I promise. I promise you will. And there's lots of people that are there to help you. And I know if you are not in um, a situation, if you find yourself in a situation and you don't know what you're going to do, reach out and tell some people and try to connect with people that can try to help you find another opportunity. Because I feel like the longer it goes on, the harder it gets to leave. It's like an abusive relationship. The longer you stay, the harder it is to leave. So take care and, of yourself first. And lastly, I'll say Jackie and I know, Jackie and a lot of recruiters. So reach out to us even. Yeah. We'd be more than happy to help. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, that was a heavy one. Okay. Oof. So thank you for joining us for the inclusive AF podcast. This is Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. And we will see you the next time. Bye. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.